Before we get into this episode of TBD Sportscast, make sure if you're liking the content we're putting out, leave a like on it, whether that's on YouTube, Apple, or Spotify, as well as hitting that share button and sharing with a few of your friends. Our goal for this episode is three friends. Coming to you from Charleston, South Carolina, I'm Joey. And I'm Mason. This is TBD Sportscast. Where we determine the most important sports topics of this weekend. On this episode, we're going to be talking about breaking news in the sports world, some playoff rankings, a little bit of stuff just from the heart for both of us, and we're going to be taking a look at the NFL. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Thompson versus Virginia Tech. Second first down, picked up by the Tigers. This is their second drive. Yungalele firing deep ball downfield. Cornell Powell with the catch for the touchdown. Can't get a first down on the one mark, so it is not in goal to go. Hooker's going to look to throw at the tight end and a score. By the way, you've got an abdominal issue. That's why you, know, if you don't have abs. No oh, to worry about it. They're going to try their own flea flicker, and this one's going to work for a touchdown. There it is. Straight quarterback run and a touchdown for Hendon Hooker. Awesome. On second and two, Lawrence rolls, throws it back. There's a flag down to the backfield. Galloway rumbling free and all the way to the end zone. Clemson versus Virginia Tech. I mean, yeah, it doesn't seem like a great matchup, but you're looking at it like this. Clemson wins this game against Virginia Tech. They clinch the ACC championship game against Notre Dame, which is weird thinking about. You would think they already clinched it. But they win this game, then they're on to the ACC championship. They have next weekend off, then the big game, the big rematch. Um, How do you think this game's going to turn out? Dude, there's no way. Clemson loses this. It's Virginia Tech. I mean, look, Virginia Tech, they looked really good against Miami a couple weeks ago. And, you know, they. I mean, it was a tough loss, honestly, because they were so close to winning that game. But I just don't think they have it in them to go against the Clemson defense. I think Trevor Lawrence is an explosive quarterback. I think ETN is now a pass threat, and they're not great at covering the pass. And, yeah, my pick is definitely Clemson on this one. Uh, yeah. Also, sorry. I am definitely pulling for Clemson to win because I want them to go up against Notre Dame, and I want Notre Dame to lose. Yeah, and I mean, I agree with you, Clemson winning this. You really look at how they played against Pitt, and you notice that all the starters were back. Skalski, Davis, Trevor Lawrence. You, a few weeks ago I said, when Trevor Lawrence is back in, we'll notice that the rhythm that will run a lot smoother with the entire team, and you really notice that against Pitt. Yeah, did, did we have a rough second half? It, it wasn't really a rough second half. We were putting in second and third stringers by the second quarter because we were already up 31 points. You know, so I really think that this game, although it's such a small game, it seems like, it's still a very important game. But, yeah, Clemson 100% wins this game. Um, yeah. And just speaking to you, talking about your starters coming back in and Clemson starting to look whole again, you know, I talked about last week that I needed to see Clemson play so that they could solidify They had to prove that, that they were a championship spot. team, yeah. Exactly. And I got to say, I've seen them do it. Trevor Lawrence is back in. Scalsi's back in. A lot of your defensive starters are back in. And I've got to say, I really do think that Clemson deserves the spot that they're in at number three. And Trevor Lawrence actually had one of the best, I think the best performance by a Clemson quarterback in years. Or ever actually, and he was one yard short of his record, his career passing record, one yard. 
it was sad to see. But speaking of small games that are actually having a big effect on the season, I mean, we, we're looking at Ohio State and Michigan State. Ryan Day being out. Michigan State coming off of a big win against number eight at the time, Northwestern now number 14. Um, I can't believe this is a game we're looking at and saying, well, Ohio State may actually drop out of the playoff contention. Um I think that Michigan State, a big team that knows how to upset. Now, past few years, Michigan State hasn't been able to beat Ohio State. But, I mean, Ohio State has not been themselves. This entire season, it seems like they've just been beyond disappointing. And many people argue that, yeah, they're 4-0, and they quote-unquote beat two top 10 teams. One of those top 10 teams just got their first win this past weekend with Penn State. Three words for you. Strength of schedule. And believe it or not, Clemson, with strength of schedule, they're actually doing really good. Yeah, they've played three top ten teams. Four, if you count Virginia Tech at the beginning of the season, who are yeah. not. The they're not in the rankings yeah, now, but, but I mean, you're looking at uh, Miami. You're looking at Notre Dame. Miami is now ten. They were seven at the time. And Notre Dame, who was four at the time, now mount now two. So, I mean, you're really looking at it, and it's like Clemson, who's struggled with strength of schedule the past few years, is now one of the top teams. It's in, it's insane. But Ohio State, with their strength of schedule, and, I mean, they have to play these next two games, possibly Michigan having the chance to be to saying, you know what, we're not playing against you, waving the white flag, knocking Ohio State out of the Big Ten championship. How do you think about that? Well, first, before I address that, I just got to say that you know, at the beginning of the season, I got to apologize for something. Or at the beginning of this podcast, in episode one, for those of you that have been listening, you definitely remember me saying that I thought that Clemson, I didn't know if they deserved to be in the top 10 because of, or at least the top four because of the teams that they were playing. And I got to say, I was wrong. You guys mm-hmm. have actually been playing some pretty good teams. Mm-hmm. The ACC is starting to look up. They're starting to We do only have better. like one or like two or three losing record teams. Exactly, and so I have to say that I was wrong on that, and I apologize, Um, but getting into this now, I think that Ohio State's going to win this game, Um, but we know Michigan State to be the upset team. Mm -hmm. It can be done. 100%. And I I honestly, I could put my faith in Michigan State, but Justin Fields is too good. Olave is just such a threat. Yeah. And I think they're going to Master Teague. Yeah, this is definitely going to be a huge throwing game. Now, and, and hold on, like, I got to make sure that it is said that I do not want Ohio State to win this game for a couple reasons. One, I just don't think they deserve to be where they're at. They deserve a loss to get out of the top four. That's the only way they're going to leave, apparently, because the CFP committee just loves them. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm a Georgia fan. I want people to go up in the. I want Georgia to keep going up in the rankings, and I need the top seven teams to lose. So. But, yeah, ultimately, my pick is Ohio State, but I think Michigan State could pull it out. 100%. And with that, we're going to go ahead and go into uh, the playoff rankings, sort of, how how we're seeing the playoffs turn out. And I want to start this off but kinda, by kind of putting a hypothetical, not necessarily a question, but situation in hand. When we're looking at this, we're looking at Florida and Alabama facing off against the SEC championship as of right now. 
And I will be pulling for Florida in that. Everybody will. I don't like Alabama. I can't stand Saban, and I am wishing that they get a loss on their schedule. So, as I was saying, Alabama versus Florida in the SEC championship. Then we're looking at Notre Dame and Clemson in the ACC championship. And, like I said, Michigan could possibly ruin Ohio State's season by waving that white flag so Ohio State is not eligible for the Big Ten championship, making them treated like an independent team. Now look at this. Florida beats Alabama, whether that's close or far. Alabama has to drop, and Florida has to go up. They have to go over A&M. They have to go over Ohio State. There's just no way. They're beating the number one team who is seem like they cannot be beat by anybody. So Florida gets into the top four. We'll say... Right now, we'll put them at three because they beat Alabama. Alabama drops to four. Clemson beats Notre Dame. Clemson would have to go up to one if Alabama were to lose. Notre Dame has to drop. They would possibly go to four. And that makes Florida up to two. Now, just think about that. One versus four, Clemson versus Notre Dame for a third time, second rematch. And Alabama versus Florida for another rematch. Dude, I would love to see that. I think it would be the greatest playoffs ever. Oh, yeah. I mean, you you really got to look at this. I mean, Clemson facing Notre Dame three times. Both teams would be officially prepared. They wouldn't even have to watch film. They'd just be like, all right, we, this is the play coming. Dude, no, literally. And that's why COVID has been just such a crazy thing. I mean, we've had so many cancellations, so many postponements. Mm-hmm. We've had so many coaches get COVID, so many players get COVID. Like, again, you know, Ryan Day is going to be out this weekend at Ohio State. Saban's going to be out again. Again? At Alabama. Wow. Yo, he has to be because it hasn't been 10 days. That's true. So he's going to be out. And I mean, and now you got situations like this where, you know, Ohio State may not even make the playoffs because of Michigan waves that white flag because they have the opportunity to, right? Mm-hmm. And they Clemson can do almost uh, Clemson almost got their chances knocked out when Trevor Lawrence had COVID and their defensive players were out and they had to face Notre Dame and lost. I mean, the COVID has caused this season not only to be super hard on everybody. But also, I feel like for the fan base, it's freaking awesome. I mean, when the season started out, I was unsure about this season. I mean, everybody knew Alabama was going to be aight. Everybody knew Clemson was going to be aight. But when it came down to, like, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, Florida, I mean, I don't think anybody expected this. Oh, no, this has been the most interesting season of football that we've had in a long time. Yeah, and I'm because it's here not for just it. like, you know, because usually in a football season, right, you have like one or two teams that you know they go all the way through the season. You know, usually like Alabama has like it goes like fourteen and zero before the championship. Clemson goes fourteen and zero before the championship. You might have like one like little small team that goes like undefeated in their conference. But like this season, it's been like look at Indiana. Yes, they're five and one, but they have they started out had a great season. Northwestern was undefeated till last weekend. Coastal Carolina still undefeated. Liberty was de- undefeated until they played NC State for a long Iowa time. State, two Iowa State, team two in, lost team in the top 10. Georgia, two lost team in the top 10. I mean, Th- there everything is so is possible. much going on. Mm-hmm. There is so much happening. I mean, look at Ohio State's four and oh, like the number four. They've only played four games. Yeah. That's insane. We're on like week 12. Yeah. 
No, 13. 13. This is crazy. I think COVID um, finally made this playoff committee uh, knowledgeable. Because when you really look at it, you're looking at it and you're saying, how many times did they put Oklahoma in there? And how many times did everybody say Oklahoma does not belong in there and they proved they did not belong in there? I think one year they they proved a they were against Georgia. But this year they're finally saying we really have to look at it. I mean, Clemson loses to Notre Dame. They have a close game against Boston College. But look, half their starters weren't in. But when their starters were in, they were scary. But they still haven't learned about Ohio State, though. No, they haven't learned about Ohio State. But (laughs) you also got to look at this. They got Justin Fields and Olave, and that's what we've been saying. Justin Fields and Olave is the reason why they're here. If they if they didn't have those two players, they literally would not be in the top four. Exactly. So I think the playoff committee is getting better because of this whole COVID situation. Do I agree with all their choices? No. I mean, we're looking at it. North Carolina went up two spots after losing to North Notre Dame. Granted, the people above them lost big time. Like Oregon lost to Oregon State. I mean, I can I can understand why North Carolina went up. And that's one of the things I agree with. One thing I disagree with, Wisconsin. I don't think they belong in there. I think that, what are they, 2-1. and one. They've only played three games. Why are they in there? You know, they're not even eligible for the Big Ten Championship at this point. Like, they should not be in this top 25. No, nah, no, I completely agree. When we're looking at this top 10 right Breaking now... Breaking news here coming in right now, literally. The SEC taking a different route from the ACC. SEC has no plans to cancel December 12th games as Commerce questions ACC decision to aid playoff pushes. Wow. So you know what that means, right? So what I was explaining earlier before we got on here, um, if Clemson wins this game, the next weekend their game will be canceled. Notre Dame already canceled their game. So they have a weekend or a week to prepare for the ACC championship, which will make the game even more, even better. Oh, yeah. Well, they're going to need it now that Trevor Lawrence is back. Yeah. Now we're looking at this, and we're, we're seeing that Florida and Alabama are both going to have to play a game and then go directly facing off against each other with limited time. Now, hang on, hang on, hang on. Florida could lose. Florida could lose. I'm just Flo- saying. I'm just saying. Against Tennessee. It's possible. They've been known to be really bad at the beginning of the season, get better, and then just come out and be the upset team at the end of the season. So who knows? I, I, I don't see it. But all right. I'll, I'm just, I'll saying, give it, I'll I'm gi- just saying it's possible. I'm I'll, just saying. I'll give it to you. But when we're, I was looking at the probabilities the other day, and BYU has a better chance of making the playoffs still than Georgia. And can you believe that? They have a yes. 24%. No. They have a 24% chance of making the playoffs. That's insane. Another team that I disagree with is USC. The real USC. I still don't think they belong here. The amount of games they've played and it's been last second. I don't agree with it. I mean, they're number 20. I think they should be there. I mean, yeah, they've only played three games, but they've won every game. And yeah, I mean, they've definitely had some struggle wins. I don't know. I, I see your point, but I still think that they, they should be here. They're a good football they team. They struggled against a zero win Arizona. Yeah. So, I don't know. But going back to the breaking news, we have Derek Mason being fired by Vanderbilt. What do you think about that being the SEC guy? 
I mean, he's been there for seven years. I haven't seen anything but a downhill slope from Vandy. Vandy's like the team that everybody plays. It's like, oh, yeah, we get a free win this weekend. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Georgia's playing Vandy this weekend at Georgia, and I know that we're going to smack the crap out of them. It's now going to happen. Here's the thing. I don't know how long ago it was, but I remember a time where Vanderbilt was that team where you had to worry about. I mean, you see that team in the all-black uniforms with the gold helmets. You, I know the SEC teams got scared. I know South Carolina got scared against them. They lost a few times when South Carolina was in the top 15. They lost to Vanderbilt losing that positioning. So, I mean... I'm not surprised by this decision. I think it's a great decision. Do I think they'll be able to get back to where they were? I don't think so. But I'll tell you one thing. One thing I like from Derek Mason was putting on Sarah Fuller. Yeah, that was that was really cool. That was really cool, historical, and just amazing. Yeah, and it would I mean it would have been way better if we got to actually like see her kick a field goal. But they didn't score, so... Well, yeah, they, they couldn't even get in the freaking red zone. I know, dude. So, But she did get that squib kick, and she's still on the team. So, I mean, anything's possible. I mean, maybe Georgia, with their struggle with passing defense, uh, maybe, maybe Vanderbilt will give Sarah Fuller a chance to uh, get in the red zone to possibly kick the first female field goal. Next up on the breaking news... Felix Penix Jr. from Indiana tears his ACL out for season. That is so terrible. We you know just how saw shocking this, with, this was. I know, dude. We just saw this with Joe Burrow in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, this. I mean, it's it's a terrible injury. I mean, you're out for so long, and it takes so long to get back into that position. I mean, our quarterback at Georgia, you know, JT Daniels. That that's the reason he's at Georgia is because he tore his ACL August thirtieth, twenty nineteen got replaced by the other guy behind yeah. him, lost his spot. He came to Georgia, and now he's balling out. I mean, here's another thing, though. I mean, yeah, it's terrible for Indiana now, but when you really think about it, I mean, everybody, every player has an extra year of eligibility because of COVID, but because of this injury, I believe he gets another year added on top of that. Wow. So Indiana, Indiana has two more years with this incredibly talented quarterback. I mean, he's insane. I, I enjoy watching him play, but I know when I was out at work and I got that notification saying that he was injured, he tore his ACL, he's out for the rest of the season. I was, I mean, I was kind of hurt. Oh yeah. I was, I was personally kind of, it was really sad, sad about it because I was like, Indiana was this moving team. Like they hadn't, they shouldn't, they had no business being where they were at and they were doing it just because, you know, the culture, you know, and I think that was amazing. And just to see that because of this, their season's possibly done Yeah, and it's upsetting, but I'm really rooting for Indiana for this, for the next few years, because it's just awesome. Another uh, breaking news story is uh, Georgia's athletic director, Greg McCarthy is going to be stepping down after this season. <laughs> Mason, go ahead. I mean, I don't really know what to think about it. He brought us Kirby Smart. Got rid of Mark Richt. We've been doing some good things, but maybe it's time to get somebody more experienced and a little bit younger in there who really knows the football scene more than he does and really pull in some, you know. I don't know that Kirby's done. I don't think he's done. I think, Georgia yet. yeah. I think that he's, I know we were talking about this earlier, but I mean, I still think that Kirby is the guy that can take us there. He's the guy who has taken Georgia further than we've ever gone before. 
I mean, sort we haven't, of, yeah. we haven't gotten to the national championship. Like we got there in 2018. We hadn't been there since 1980. Yeah. This year, 2020 is literally the 40 year anniversary. I have a hoodie, you know, you've seen it. Mm-hmm. It's an awesome hoodie celebrating. Oh yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Celebrating the, you know, the 40 year anniversary of that. But I mean, it kind of sucks though, because we haven't been there since 1980 we haven't won it since 1980 yeah so yeah maybe it was not he hasn't taken us the furthest mm-hmm. george has ever been but it's the furthest we've been since in then. years yeah yes and i mean the thing is i think this is a great choice because when you're really looking at it and looking at recruiting for georgia georgia is up there in recruiting but they don't have the best recruiting system and i think with a new ad a younger ad he'll be able to kind of finesse the system a little bit and find better recruits you, you i mean y'all had justin fields and he left well y'all would, had justin fields and he left i wouldn't put that on the ad though i'd put that on kirby i think that i mean i didn't even know much about justin fields i didn't know how good he was because the, the thing was when he was at georgia they only let him run mm-hmm. he really only came out to run and now i've seen that he is probably a better quarterback than Fromm. At, I mean, at that time. and I mean, yeah. And I, now. From, the only reason that Fromm was playing over him was because of seniority. And I think that mm-hmm. we probably should have put Fields in and we would have been doing a lot better now that I've seen him play like at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I can't blame that on the AD. I got to blame that on Kirby. But you also, you also got to look at it this way. I mean, you're looking at Deshaun Watson, for an example, at Clemson. When he was recruited... The AD made sure that he was going to be the starter. You know, he didn't recruit a top, a top quarterback the year before him, and especially once he he committed to Clemson, there was no way anybody was going to go over to Sean Watson. And I mean, you're looking at the at South Carolina, for example, to carry on Joiner. To carry on Joiner was ranked right after Deshaun Watson coming out of high school. So tell me why the heck to carry on Joiner is now a running back at South Carolina after being one of the highly recruited quarterbacks coming out of high school. Because he was because recruited. Because Spurrier left. Because Spurrier left because he was recruited by Spurrier. Mm-hmm. And then Muschamp came in and had his own plan, put in Halinski, and then Mike Bobo came. And because Mike Bobo came, they put in Colin Hill. And mm-hmm. now Doty's in. And Mike Bobo is still seeing the carry on Joiner as a running back because of Muschamp. Because the AD doesn't know how to hire somebody. So right. basically what I'm trying to say is I think with a new with the Thanks, right <laughs> with the new and right um AD I think Georgia could be seeing a bigger upside to this. I mean Greg McCarthy like you say he did a great job. Nothing he did wrong really, but I think there were some decisions and moments where Georgia could have done better and um I think I think it can only go from up and go up from for Georgia. So yeah, that's definitely a lot of news. That was a lot in a short amount of time. Yeah, this is all coming in. <laughs> yeah. So let's go ahead and I want to talk about specifically the Georgia-South Carolina game from this past weekend. We wanted to talk about it for a while, but I just want to you know, get a couple of things in there from that game. Mm-hmm. What a game. Our rushing game really came in this week. Yeah. We went from like seven rushing yards last week against Mississippi State came rushing in, literally, <laughs> to South Carolina and, you know, got back over like 150 yards. Zamir White had two or three rushing touchdowns. James Cook, oh my gosh, what a threat now. He came in, made a huge 
He did have a good game. He had a huge game against South Carolina. That game really was really good, but I really got to talk about our defense. Oh, my gosh. The Georgia defense, I don't know if it's because a lot of our players are hurt, like Richard the Count, who is coming back in against Vandy this weekend, mm-hmm. is out. Jordan Davis is out. I don't know what it is, but it's like we're just not finishing plays. I remember there was a fourth and one where South Carolina was going for it, and they came in and they rushed Harris. And they literally had him back three yards behind the line of scrimmage. Didn't finish the the tackle. Mm-hmm. He jumps back up off of a defender and runs and gets the first down. Mm-hmm. I was like, are you kidding me? I was yelling at the TV at home team barbecue. I yeah. was like, come on, dude. That kind of that reminds me of the uh, Texas A&M Louis, or LSU game where LSU literally had the sack, but Bond fumbles it right before he goes down. Offensive lineman picks it up, runs it for the first down, and LSU's defense is just going, what the heck? What the heck happened? You know? Exactly. And it's just stupid calls like that. And another bone I got to pick with our offense now, and not just Georgia's offense. I see so many running backs doing this across college football. I saw it in the UNC Notre Dame game. I saw it in the Georgia game. I've seen it all over the place. Running backs just need to run. They do this thing where they're, you know, they're really fast. Like, they're not using their speed to their advantage. They're trying to, like, juke out and break ankles. Like, dude, it's not basketball. (laughs) You can outrun these defensive linemen. Just Mm -hmm. run. Like, instead of, you know, running and flanking them to the outside, knowing they can get around them, they try to juke them out, break their ankles, and try to get around them that way. When in reality, if they just run, they'll get so much more yardage and move their team down the field faster. But they don't. They try to, like, play basketball on the football field and try to break ankles. Now, like, I've never played football, so I don't really know. Well, I have, but it's been a while. But I just remember, like, I would always just run. I would never try to juke out. Like, I don't get what the point of that is. I don't know if it's just, like, you know, you got so many things coming at you and you're just trying to think about the best thing on the fly to, you know, it's, it's, it's literally that. I mean, you also got to think some of these guys are recruited because of their agility, their finesse, and other guys are recruited for their power. I mean, running straight up the middle. I mean, that used to be Najee what fullbacks. Yeah, that used to be what fullbacks were uh, were used for, and now they're transitioning that into the running back position. I'm not too sure why they do it as much, but other than it's just an on the fly kind of decision. Yeah. But I mean, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 fast. They can get by easily if they didn't do all this pretty stuff. But they're yeah. they're so into the trying to juke out and be pretty and kind of. My biggest thing is going backwards. I hate yeah. it when people oh, try and go yeah. backwards and kind of go around the people. It's like no. If anything, get down right there. First downs because they were on third down and they tried to juke out and they literally had the first down and they go back across the line trying to get more yardage. Yeah, and it bothers me. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know why they do that. But that's the one thing that bothers me going backwards. So yeah, in short, I'm I was happy with our performance against South Carolina. I still think that we have so much building to do, especially in our defense. Our offense is looking good though. J T. Daniels definitely still has some work to do. But he's looking way better than Stetson or Dwan did all year. Also, another part of the breaking news that I missed, Dwan Mathis, quarterback at Georgia, has officially entered the transfer portal. He is no longer with the Georgia Bulldogs. Wow. So he is no longer with us. He will be moving on. We wish him well, though. I don't 
I mean, he was any, a, he was yeah. a great he was a great quarterback. But looking at who they have right now, they got two guys fighting for this starting position next year. Um, and I'm telling you right now, JT Daniels, if he continues playing the way he he is, it's a possibility. Jamie Newman will not have a spot next year. Starting. But Jamie Newman is an incredible quarterback, and just thinking that he has a year to kind of prepare for next season, I'm I'm. I'm not gonna lie. I'm worried about the quarterback position at Georgia from another team's standpoint, because they got two amazing quarterbacks, and one of them has to be backup. Oh yeah, and it's, one of them is mobile, and one of the the other one's not as mobile. But just thinking that they have a dual threat quarterback kind of a and situation as a, and going as a on. Georgia fan, I am very excited about that. Yeah, I'm just interested to see how Kirby Smart kind of addresses that and kind of approaches it, but. That that's insane. I didn't know about Mathis until you just said that. Um, yeah. Best of luck to him. I hope he finds a great place. Hopefully, it's not Missouri because I mean Kelly Bryant went to Missouri. That's where quarterback careers die. Uh, hopefully, he's not Ole Miss. Even though Ole Miss would be a good fit for him. Yeah, Matt Corral is a great quarterback. Yeah, I just don't think that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see where he goes. That's definitely a player I'm interested in seeing. So, speaking of the Georgia game, the South Carolina game, and all these other games, let's go ahead and get into the top 25 matchups. Yeah. Starting out with number one, Alabama versus unranked LSU. <laughs> I, I think this is going to be a good game. I mean... No, no way. Not, I don't not know. As, not as competitive, but, like, this is a game that goes back. I mean, you, do you remember the game where Alabama and LSU game for, I think it was three quarters? It, it was, was just, just three, goals. three. Yep, I remember that. Yeah, it was three three the entire game. It was the most bo- it was named the most boring college football game, I think of all time. Yeah, and I still remember that game because I hated watching it. I was so bored. But yeah, Alabama wins this. Oh yeah, Alabama one hundred percent. All right, number two Notre Dame versus Syracuse. Notre Dame. This goes along with what I was saying a few episodes back. Again, if you've been listening to us from then, thank you so much. But back a few episodes, I said Notre Dame's schedule has not been tough i think clemson and north carolina and i mean boston college were finally the three opponents they needed to toughen up their schedule but i mean other than that they don't face anybody and syracuse adds to that i mean they lost the last game because he spiked it on fourth down yeah so notre dame wins this probably by a spike on fourth down All right, number three, Clemson, Virginia Tech, we've already talked about. Number Clemson. four, Ohio State versus Michigan State, we've already also talked about. Ohio State would love Michigan State to win, though. Absolutely, both of us think that. Number five, Texas A&M versus Auburn. Now, me, me and Mason were arguing before we started recording this. Uh, it wasn't necessarily an argument, but it was a little back and forth because I believe this game is going to be a lot better than uh, he thinks it is. I mean, you look at Texas A&M struggling for a good bit to beat LSU. They came out with a 20-7 to win, which is pretty good. But, I mean, some of the things that happened, Texas A&M broke down, man. I don't know what happened, but Texas A&M was not playing how they've been playing all season. They played like they did against Alabama pretty much when they lost by 28 points. And, you know, even though Texas A&M lost by 28 points, that was at the beginning of the season. I mean, that was like but that's my like point. six weeks ago. Yeah, I know, but that's my point, though. They're, the way they played against LSU was the the way they played at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and I can understand that, but, I mean, you got to look at Auburn just lost to Alabama by a pretty good margin, and I can see your point that, like, Texas A&M also lost to Alabama by pretty much the same margin. But you have to look at, like, Texas A&M has definitely improved since the beginning of the season. Yeah. And Auburn is still kind of, 
I don't know. I'm I'm picking Texas A&M. I think Texas A&M wins this. I don't think Auburn pulls it out. The thing, the way I'm looking at it though, is what does Auburn have that causes them to single-handedly beat LSU pretty easily, and Texas A&M struggled against them. Bo Nix. Bo Nix. You think that's it? Because Kellen, Kellen Mond, I think, is a better quarterback. Oh, 100 percent. So that's why I'm saying Texas A&M will win this. Yeah, but I, I'm just wondering what does Auburn have that made them beat beat the ever living crap out of LSU and Texas A&M can't, you know? So I'm wondering if Auburn's defense can handle Texas A&M. I'm going to pick Texas A&M here, but I think this is going to be a better game than you think. Yeah, we'll have to see about that. Number six, Florida versus Tennessee. Florida. Yeah, Florida, 100%. I would love for Tennessee to win this because, like I was talking about earlier, if Florida drops another one, then if they, only, if they lose two more games, then Georgia gets to go to the to the SEC championship. We'll have to see about that. It's but, not happening. Yeah, whatever. All right, number seven, Cincinnati. By week. week. Number eight, Georgia versus Vanderbilt. Okay, I think a couple weeks ago I said if Kentucky beat Alabama, I would let you tattoo something on me. If Georgia loses to Vanderbilt, I will literally let you tattoo anything on your you forehead. Want on my forehead. Um, only reason I would be watching this game is Sarah Fuller. I might be watching this game because I might be going to it this weekend. So. Well, yeah, but, uh, um, but Georgia. <laughs> yeah, Georgia, 100%. <laughs> Number nine, Iowa State versus West Virginia. Me and my dad were actually talking about this game. Uh, we think that's going to be a good game, uh, but I think Iowa State comes out with it because they just their offense is lethal. I'm, I'm not too sure about their defense yet. Granted, th- their defense has been showing up against teams like Texas, Oklahoma, and all that, but Iowa State. Yeah, I agree. Iowa State, I don't think West Virginia could pull it out. Number 10, Miami versus Duke. Miami. I'll choose Miami, but I'm rooting for Duke because Chase Bryce, a former backup quarterback for Clemson, is the starter for Duke. So, um, yeah. Number 11, Oklahoma versus Baylor. This could be a good game. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it can be. I mean, it's got history, but uh, I got Oklahoma. I'm going to pick the upset. I'm going with Baylor. Man, I swear, if this is just like last week where you out of nowhere chose Michigan State, I'm going to be mad. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I did pick Michigan State You picked State Michigan last State week. out of nowhere, too. You were like, I'm going to go with the upsets this week. I was like, okay. And I won. Yeah, you won. Uh, number 12, Indiana versus number 16, Wisconsin. Uh, you know what's hard? I Dude, dude, Indiana, come on. They don't, ha- they don't have Penix, though. Doesn't matter. Their defense is still really good. They're really, really good at pickup chain. The Wisconsin, past two game, yeah, the past two games they've had three interceptions. Wisconsin is not that great. Each. I'm going with Indiana. I'll go with Indiana, but I wouldn't be surprised if Wisconsin won. Uh, 14 Northwestern versus Minnesota is canceled, canceled. Uh, because Minnesota is going through struggles. Uh, number 15 Oklahoma State versus TCU. I believe this game is actually a good game this as well. This is going to be a good one. Yeah, TCU has been one of those teams that shows up when they aren't expected to so uh but last week last weekend oklahoma state decided to drop every focus on defense and just focus on offense and almost lost to texas tech yeah almost lost to texas tech struggle but, win yeah struggle win but i mean their offense showed up their defense didn't which is the first time this season 50 to 44 win against texas tech looks like georgia versus mississippi state a couple weeks ago yeah uh i'll go with tcu I'm I'm with you. I'm gonna pick the upset. I always go with picking the upset. So. Yeah, TCU has a decent defense. Their offense is kind of iffy. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I think TCU can do it. Yeah. All right, number 17 versus Western Carolina University. Number 17, North Carolina versus Western. Uh, North Carolina? Yeah, North Carolina. 100%. I was going to go to this game. I actually was going to buy tickets to Chapel Hill, but you can't. So, yeah. North Carolina. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'll pull, like, it's like you said a couple weeks ago, you know, I'll I'll wear the gear, I'll pull for my team. Yeah. It's our college, but, like, I really want them to do well, but they just won't. North Carolina wins. Yeah, it. Western needs a whole new athletic yeah. department, pretty much. Number 19, Iowa versus Illinois. You know, Illinois. Scared Ohio State to the point where they canceled the game. I so, know, I know. <laughs> I, I'm wondering what Ohio State saw that Illinois that we don't against Illinois. Uh, I'm choosing Iowa because Iowa is normally a strong football team. They don't. They may not get all the wins that they should, but they always have a strong athletic department. I'm choosing Iowa for the exact same reason. Yeah. Uh, number twenty USC versus Washington State. Um, the Cougars, um, Washington state is lacking their head coach from last year, which was one of the only reasons they were good. Um, am I actually going to choose USC this weekend? Let's find out. What do you choose? Well, first I just got to, you know, point out again that Joey was wrong again last week and USC won. Even though they had a bye week, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> USC won by not playing. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, I'm I'm picking USC. Is there anything you have that can persuade me? It's Washington State, bro. Come on, you really think that Washington State can pull out a win over USC? Ladies and gentlemen, it's happening. This just in: Joey Mandela will be choosing. The real USC to win this weekend <gasps> against Washington State. Yes, you heard it here fo- first, folks. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Number 21, Marshall versus Rice. Marshall, 100%. Are you kidding me? Remember a few years ago when Texas A&M, who had Johnny Manziel, almost lost to Rice? Yeah, I do. That was really <laughs> sad. <laughs> I'm choosing Marshall, but, dude, all respect to Rice just for beating up on Johnny Manziel. Um, number 22, Washington versus Stanford. Washington finally in the the rankings again. That's mm-hmm. crazy. I um, I don't know. Stanford put up a fight against Oregon. They did. Um, but Washington still that team who a few years ago was in the playoffs. Now yeah. got absolutely destroyed by Alabama. But I mean, I I have confidence in Washington. I'm going Washington. I'm gonna pull for the upset. I'm going with Stanford. I think they looked really good against USC a couple weeks ago, and I'm gonna pull for them. So, before we get into this next matchup, got to talk about upset alert, baby. Last week, we saw Oregon State take the win over Oregon. Yeah. We both called that wrong. We both called Oregon. I was watching that game, and I was like, there is no way Oregon State's going to win this. And they drove down the field with 41 seconds left. Their backup quarterback at the one-yard line. After he failed the first time. (laughs) Runs it in. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was his first play. Oh, yeah, because he the, drew him offside, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, when I'm watching that line, game, like, I was like, going back and forth because I was I was telling my dad, I was like, I predicted Oregon, but I want this upset. Oh, yeah. Like, it was back and forth. The, the uniforms were ugly. On First both time sides. ever. Both sides. Uniforms, ugly. Um, but, I mean, and you know what? California has a history of beating Oregon when least expected. I'm going... 
I'm going against my my Oregon team. I'm going I'm going California. I'm gonna pick Oregon. I said last week that I didn't think that Oregon State could win, and I was wrong. But I don't think California can beat Oregon. I'm gonna go with Oregon. California has a history of upsetting Oregon, though. All right, number 24, Tulsa versus Navy. All right, so I actually got to pull for Navy on this one. I don't care if they lose or not. My dad was in the Navy, so I'm going to pull for Navy. Whenever I see Navy, I pull for Navy. Uh, Tulsa having to face Cincinnati soon. Um, Do you think they're going to be focusing more on the Cincinnati game coming up than they are going to be focusing on uh, the Navy game? I'm not too sure. Navy is big on the triple option. Um but it has always been a threat in previous years. I'm actually going to go Navy. Yeah, for sure, Navy. All right, so number 25. It's not going to happen, y'all. No. <laughs> number 25, Louisiana versus Appalachian State. Dude, I hate App, so I'm I, picking Louisiana. I don't like it'll App be a good State. Ma- it'll be a good matchup, though. I, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't like App State, but it's at App State. It's in Boone. Ooh. It's in Boone. Louisiana, one loss, sure, but they've been that team that's kind of, I mean, they beat UL Monroe yeah. by by 50. They scored 70. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. Oh, this is so hard. This is actually one of the hardest decisions. You know what? I'll go App State. I'll all go, right, I'll go against, I'll go against all, all nerves in my body, all Western Carolina purple and gold and go App State. I hear you. So that's the top 25 matchups for college football this week. Let's go ahead and link up with Michael Russo as we start talking about the NFL. All right, coming back with us for the second week now, Michael, how are you doing today? Doing good, man. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing all right. I mean, I'm doing you guys pretty have good. A, uh, you guys had a nice Thanksgiving? Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Dude, I ate a lot of turkey, bro. I ate more than I normally do. Heck, yeah. TBD Sportscast actually stands for... Turkey-based dinner. Dinner, hey, yeah. yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I'm especially good considering uh, the Falcons Raiders game this weekend. What you think about that? Oh, it was great. It was great. It was also kind of disappointing when you're looking at 2021 season because we want a whole new regime to come in, and when the team comes out and performs like that, they're all talking. You know what? Maybe we don't need a clean house this year. Maybe we can keep some people in house. And I'm like, no, let's not do that. Let's not. It's just one game. And I think the, the Raiders came in after playing the Chiefs so close, you know, the week before. They uh, that was all their energy. I mean, how do you come out and not score a touchdown? I mean, it was it was pretty crazy to watch because nobody in Falcons land was expecting like a shutout like that. I mean, it was it was pretty it was cool to see. The defense play how we expect them to play, but the offense is still bad. The offense is still led by Dirk Cutter. And, you know, we put up 40-plus, but, you know, the majority of the game, it was it was very disappointing because it was just so repetitive of running these stupid draw plays with, you know, second and long. It's like, yeah, run a draw play. All right, cool. First down, run a draw play, you know, gets no yards or loses two. And then it's like, okay, uh, second down, we're going to go ahead and run, you know, four verts. And then <laughs> that doesn't work. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and run off. Let's run, a, let's run a five receiver set, but all the receivers are going to run a curl route 10 yards deep. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it doesn't work. So a lot of that happened. 
And then some plays that, you know, did work in their favor. I mean, they did get some plays that did work and, like, you know, obviously they scored points. The main thing about the day was the defense. Yeah. And, you know, the defense was – was it was it, it was arguably – actually, I don't even think it's that. I think it was, like, the greatest Falcons defensive performance in, like, Falcons history. Or it's up there. For sure. Absolutely. And so talk a little bit about – or like, would you mind talking a little about the turnover chain from the defense. I mean, it seemed like there was like fumble after fumble after fumble that our defense was out there causing. The, uh, we had a guy named Jago Tuity Manor who got his first career fumble, strip fumble, I think. Deion Jones got a pick six. When it comes down to it for this past week, so last week I asked you if it was just the Falcons' opponents were good or the Falcons were just beating themselves. This week against the Raiders, do you think the Falcons played to their strengths and played incredibly, as the score says, or do you think the Raiders beat themselves? I think I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna go with like the Falcons played how they were supposed to play, like how they were. How, that's how you're supposed to do it. I mean, you, they finished the game and like they didn't let up. It was all gas, no breaks. Like how we want them to play. That's how you. That's how you should play every game. And I mean. And I, I mainly said it for the defense because the offense was still pretty bad. Like, don't let the score fool you. Like, the offense was still, like, still vanilla and mm-hmm. some things worked in their favor. But they they played better than the Raiders for sure. And, I mean, I, the Raiders may have been a little surprised like like we all were. Yeah, they, they definitely played how they were supposed to play, like how, how you are supposed to play every Sunday. You're supposed to come out there with energy, juice, and do what they did. One of the big games from this past weekend um, being the Buccaneers versus the Chiefs. Um, I didn't personally personally watch this game, but I heard a lot about it. Saw a lot on Instagram. I'll tell you that. Um, tell me about it. They were the Chiefs that we expected to come out and play. They honestly they could have ran the score up like way, way, way more than they did. I mean, the score was close, but. It wasn't as close as the score indicates. Like that first half, I was watching the game and I was like, yo, like Patrick Mahomes is like the GOAT. I already said this. Like you had the old GOAT versus the new GOAT. And the new GOAT showed that he was that he's the GOAT. Like he's 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 killing it, man. Like the defense for the Bucks, they tried their hardest, man, to like they blitzed a lot and they weren't hitting home because Patrick Mahomes was just elusive in the pocket. You know, he made some some really, really big throws. And Tyreek Hill, I think he had, like, 260-plus yards in the first quarter and, like, two touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. He, he, and yeah, he was he was uh, dominating a good bit. He, it, was, it was pretty fun to watch. I mean, I, I was hoping that they would keep, like, for fantasy purposes, I was like, please, like, keep throwing the ball. Like, keep throwing the ball and, mm-hmm. you know, keep – Keep running the score up, man, because they couldn't hang. The Bucks couldn't hang, man. I mean, the Bucks they 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 tried to rally late. They weren't successful because Chiefs defense is is good defense. Yeah, and it was it was a good game though. I will say that it was it was hot. It was fun to watch. You know, Brady get mad because Brady on the sideline was all pouty and oh yeah, you know, they were rattling him. They were hitting him. They were, they were getting after him. It was like it was so fun to watch. They tried though. They really did try. They they. They made some plays late in the game that we were like, oh, okay, might have a game. But mm-hmm. like I said last week, like when it's time to make a play, you got to make that play. And they just couldn't convert on some key downs and the rest of history. Chiefs win. That's right. 
And so, Michael, let me ask you this. You know, you mentioned the, you know, the old goat and versus the new goat thing, right? So let me ask you this. If the old goat was still with the Patriots, would there have been a different outcome to that game? Uh, man, that's a good question because I honestly don't, I don't think so. Like, I honestly think that if the Patriots played the Chiefs with Tom Brady as their quarterback, I mean, I think that the, the, the Bucks have a better, like, an offensive scheme than the Patriots do because when I watch the Patriots play, and they, I mean, they, yeah, they have Cam Newton, and Cam Newton is Cam Newton, but, like, they play the Cardinals. For instance, if the Cardinals play the Patriots this past weekend, and, like, I was watching a little bit of that, and their, their offense is, is a little bit, too predictable in the sense of like, okay, if Cam isn't gonna run it, then we're gonna have to like throw it to these these like these diet wide receivers, like these like these off brand wide receivers because they're not yeah. good. <laughs> like they're not, <laughs> they're not they're not they're not they're not quality receivers. It's just like like they're trying to make it work, but it's not working. It's like the Patriots offense just isn't a great offense with Josh McDaniels leading that. And I don't think Tom Brady would change that because I mean they still have. The Patriots had a lot of opt-outs, so they're playing with, yeah. like, you know, bottom-tier people. So, like, I don't think that Tom Brady with the Patriots playing the Chiefs would have mattered because they did that last year, and they got blown out. So Yeah, see, my big thing, because I, I kind of have an answer to that myself, is Tom Brady, Tom Brady being on the Buccaneers, he has a lot more offensive weapons with Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Gronkowski. Uh, he had Safarian Jenkins for a little bit. Uh, Leonard Fournette, like the list goes on. Meanwhile, at the Patriots, he had um, nobody. I mean, he had Julian Edelman, and that was that was pretty much all he had. I mean, he had um, Julian Edelman isn't even playing right now, and he yeah. was Cam Newton's favorite receiver when he was playing. Exactly, and he had Sony Michelle, I think. But yes, yes, Sony Michelle. But I think he is go freaking reserve, dogs, think, dude. I miss having Patriots Sonny have two Georgia running backs yeah, at running yeah, back, and they're both great. It's just a matter of. I think they're both hurt now. Yeah. I think it's uh Whitehead at um running back right now. So he's backups backup. So I just gotta take a second to say, dude, I miss I miss Sony Michelle at Georgia Brown. Oh, he was a great running back. I miss that man. <laughs> he was killer. He was killer. I would have loved to have like Todd Gurley, Sonny Michelle, Nick Chubb, like well wait, no, we all did, right? Same. I think you no, did. No, Weren't no, they no, all three no, in the same? Yeah, they did. Because Nick Chubb was a year uh, younger than Todd Gurley, and Sony Michelle was a senior when Todd Gurley was a sophomore, I no, believe. No, you got it backwards. No, Todd, no, no, no. Todd, Todd Gurley, Gurley was, was the old was the oldest old one. one, and then Sony yeah. Michelle was oh, a year yeah, behind yeah, Nick yeah. Chubb. Yeah. So, so Sony Michelle was actually the youngest one. Yeah. Yes, that's that's correct. You I mean, it, they were deadly it. though. Oh, dude! I, I mean, I remember show. the. I remember watching. I know we're like talking college football here, but I remember watching the, um, the the Rose Bowl versus Oklahoma in 2017, and watching Nick Chubb run all over them, and yeah. Sony Michelle steamroll down the field, dude. Mm-hmm. Crazy game. I mean, they were just crazy explosive weapons. Um, but well, we, yeah. we, we everybody already knows that Georgia is like running back university. Like, yeah, I fully yeah. stand by it. And I'm a huge tall girly fan. And even Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle too, because you know, mm-hmm. George, and even DeAndre about, Swift too, bro. So yeah, DeAndre Swift too. So moving on from old goat versus new goat. So yeah, now we're gonna move on to this Sunday's picks. So all right, so I will start it off with obviously the Falcons game because the Falcons play the Saints again, <laughs> and uh, this time it's in Atlanta, and. 
I hope that we can can pull it out this time. I'm not going to say the Falcons. I'm not picking the Falcons. I'm picking the Saints to win because the Falcons are the Falcons. But I'm at least hoping that we can score a touchdown in this game. Yeah, I'm choosing Saints. Yeah, I'm definitely going with the Saints. Who's next? What's our next game? Browns and Titans. Ooh. And I think the Titans are going to win because Derrick Henry is King Henry. And the Browns are overhyped. I mean, they are 8-3. and three. Well, they're both 8-3, and three, actually. So yeah. It's going to be a good game. A but I, I don't... Who has a better defense? Pretty much. Titans do. Titans. Titans, definitely. Yeah, like, I'll pull. Yeah, I'll, yeah I th- I'm picking the Coach. Titans. I'm a, I'm gonna pick the Browns. Browns, you think Baker's gonna outplay Ryan Tannehill? I th- I don't think Ryan Tannehill is even a franchise quarterback. So I don't know. He's he looking like that Miami. at Miami. It is true, but right now he's got Arthur Smith calling that offense, and the offensive hot. Yeah. Uh, so the next game is Raiders-Jets, and I think we can all agree that the Raiders are pissed off about getting blown out last week against the Oh, Falcons, yeah. And yeah. they're going to take it out on the Jets, and the Jets are going to be 0-12 after this game. Yo, is Joe Flacco starting now over Sam no, Darnold? Sam Darnold. It's Sam okay. Darnold still. Um, I wish I could choose the Jets. I'm choosing Raiders. Oh, yeah, the Raiders for sure. Someone has to pick the Jets. Come on. <laughs> well, I want the Jets to win so Trevor don't doesn't have to go to the team that kills quarterbacks. I mean, there just think about it. I mean, yeah. Mark Sanchez, his career was over when he went to the Jets. I mean, it's ter- Sam, Sam Darnold, Darnold right was a, Yeah, Sam Darnold used to be a great quarterback in college, and now look at him. I mean, hot take, like if there was a scenario where the Falcons could like trade for Sam Darnold, like and he could sit behind Matt Ryan for the last Dude. two years of him being in Atlanta, like I honestly wouldn't mind seeing what would happen. I'm not Sam saying Darnold that I would want be great that, in Atlanta, but I wouldn't be opposed to it. Yeah. Uh, so we got Jags and Vikings. Jaguars are one and ten. Vikings are five and six. And I, Jaguars have nobody starting a quarterback that we know. They're <laughs> just a scrub. Yeah. Uh, he had a really bad game last week, and the Vikings are. They played the Panthers last week, and they won by a point. And it by was one terrible point. to watch. Yeah. Uh, and it's in Minnesota, so I'm taking the Vikings because the Vikings are a better team. I'm no picking doubt. Vikings because of Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Is Adam Thielen back? Yes, he's back. Yeah. I'm picking the Vikings because I think they're the better team and they have the home field advantage going with the Vikings. Yeah. Next game. Bengals and Dolphins. And uh, no Joe Burrow, so that kind of sucks because oh, I like yeah. watching him. Dude, get well uh, soon, but- Joe. Yeah, I guess go well soon, oh, buddy. Hundred yeah. percent. I hope he comes back strong. And we were talking about earlier in the episode, you know, like with Felix Penix Jr. at Indiana. I mean, the the ACL injury is just a terrible, terrible. injury, and, and I mean, it hurts it, me personally. Like yeah, honestly, it takes so long to heal from that too, and like get back in the game, bro. It well, he didn't only time. tear his ACL; he tore like multiple his MCL. ligaments and yeah, his MCL and like a bunch of other stuff in his knee. Mm-hmm. It's and that's going to make they – they're they already saying, like, he won't be ready for, like, next season's, like, week one. Like, he's going to yeah. be coming in a little bit late. But he'll mm-hmm. come back, so that's good. Yeah. I want that. But I think the Dolphins are going to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Tua is starting. I don't think he – I heard something about him being hurt, but I think he is starting. I think he broke his thumb. He, he, he did something to his thumb, but I think he is starting, the coach oh, okay. said. Uh, but if not, they still have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's been – 
Harry reliable. Every time he's yeah. honestly like I didn't expect Tua to start this year when like they announced that he was starting. Yeah. Watching the Ryan Fitzpatrick press conference about him talking about losing the starting job was upsetting because mm-hmm. I was like, damn, because he was playing so well. Exactly. But yeah, the Dolphins are gonna win because yeah. I mean, and don't get me wrong, like I love Tua. Rebuilding. I love Tua, but like that man is always getting hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is. He got that. He's got that bionic hip. <laughs> um. All right. So I think the last game we want to predict is the game of next gens: Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals versus Jared Goff and Aaron Donald with the Los Angeles Rams. Dude, I'll pick the upset one hundred percent. I'll go with the Cardinals, bro. Like I love Kyler Murray. I think he's a great player, and I'm gonna pick Cardinals. Yeah, the uh, NFC West is obviously a really good division, even with the 49ers, like, being not as great as they were last season. Uh, it's going to be a good game because they both have good records. I mean, they both uh, – Rams are 7-4, and four, Cardinals are 6-5, and five, and it's in Arizona, division game, so, like, they're going to play them tough. I think that the Cardinals will win by another big play by DeAndre Hopkins, I hope. Oh, I have my fantasy. Yeah. I like I like that choice because of the Clemson player. Um I don't know. I mean the thing about the Cardinals is um they normally have to come back from being down. I've noticed that a few times. Uh now the Rams have an incredible defense. They have incredible pressure up front. So I, I think I'm gonna go with the Rams. I think I'm gonna go against y'all here, unfortunately. Yeah, they they do have the better defense. But I just think that the Cardinals offense is a little bit a little bit hotter than the yeah. Rams offense. I mean the Rams offense is still good, but Cardinals got that Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins connection. And I it's hard to bet against that one because when they're hot, they're hot, man. Oh yeah, hot. for sure. All right, Michael, thank you so much, man. It's so good to have you on the show again. Yeah, man. It's great yes, to sir. see you. Yes, will... sir. See y'all boy next week. Absolutely. We will and, see you next uh, week. Hopefully it's after a Falcons Saint a Falcons win against the Saints. Hopefully. And real quick, Michael, how you feel about the uh big news that we told you earlier? Without about spoiling the, anything. Oh, I can't spoil it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I think people will enjoy that. And uh I hope Looking that my favorite player wins the award. <laughs> All right. All right. See you later, man. See you, Michael. All right, cool. Later. And that concludes this episode of TBD Sportscast. Make sure to go follow us on Instagram at TBD underscore Sportscast. Some big news for TBD Sportscast. In two weeks, we will be having the first annual TBD Sportscast College Football Awards Ceremony. But this time, you determine the most important college football leaders. Go check out the link in our bio on Instagram and Facebook and go vote for all the categories in the TBD Sportscast CFB Awards. Make sure to go like, share, and subscribe. Subscribe on YouTube, Instagram, and our personal social medias. I'm Mason. And I'm Joey. And this has been TBD Sportscast. Bye-bye. Later.